I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday. Big game tonight between BYU and St. Mary's, and you can hear it right here on KSL News Radio, 8 p.m. tip on the call. Greg Rubel and our dear friend of the program, Mark Durant, who joins us now, former BYU Hooper. Mark, how you doing, man? My friends, I am doing uh, really, really nicely. I'm actually in Blackfoot, Idaho, uh, but I'm on my way. I'm heading down to the game. But uh, <laughs> my my son and uh, daughter-in-law and granddaughter live here, and so I've I've been spending time with my granddaughter. So I could not be better. That's awesome. Glad to hear you're making it down. We love having you on the call. This has been such an interesting game over the years, Mark. Uh, you know, the Del Vidoga dagger many years ago, uh, great wins. T.J. Haas game winner comes to mind. What do you like about this rivalry game? Yeah, I love this game. I, um, you know, it's been a great battle, pretty evenly matched over the years. I remember going down to South Padre Island uh, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, and uh, and BYU played in a, a last-second type shot in that game. I think I think Jimmer hit a shot in that one to win it. And anyway, so I, I mean, I think it's been a really cool series. Uh, and I really like St. Mary's. I mean, I'm so impressed by what they do guys. Uh, they're kind of a system team. They have a real specific identity and I, you don't see that a lot in college basketball anymore, but, but they, they know who they are and they, and they operate, you know, to perfection in, in that system. And it's a different, you know, it's something that you don't face a lot 
So it's hard to really prepare for it. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Air Force in football and, and in basketball. They, you know, they just play a certain ways, maybe like Utah State under Stu Morrill. Uh, just, you know, they run really good stuff, and it's really high-level basketball. And if you're not ready to go against these guys, they can make you look silly. BYU's been able to play pretty well against them because BYU does a lot of those same kind of things historically. Uh, but, it's, I mean, they're as good as they've ever been this year. And it's going to be a real battle tonight. And, and BYU is going to have to play their one of their best games of the year to have any hope of, in this one. Mark Durant is our guest here. He'll be on the call with Greg Bell tonight for BYU and St. Mary's. Last week you were in the Bay Area with the Cougars when they suffered setbacks to Santa Clara and San Francisco. Uh, two questions for you here on that trip. Number one, did you have any good seafood? And then number two, what went wrong in the Bay Area, Mark? Well, I'm a weirdo, and in my opinion, there is no good seafood. Oh, I don't care Mark, how good it is. Say it isn't <laughs> so. You're not a seafood guy. I, I, I'm not a seafood guy, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm simple meat and potatoes. And anyway, what about sourdough? But, Did you have any of that out there? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. I had had a nice sourdough ro- roll with my sandwich, and yeah, that's pretty good stuff. I okay. mean. I love I love that trip over the years. It was sad that I realized it was kind of my last trip there, uh, and the you know the teams weren't very friendly sending BYU off on their last trip there. It was right. it was not it was not good basketball. I mean, I, you know BYU'd made a lot of strides, and I think they really took some steps backwards on that trip. And it can happen. I mean, road trips are hard, and uh, you know it just turnovers were a real problem. And uh, guys, it was kind of a lack of consistency. Uh, and I, you know, Rudy Williams played really well, but other than that, you know, the team just couldn't get it clicking. Not rebounding particularly well, not defending the three particularly well. And so, I mean, early in the season, there were kind of three problems for me. One was turnovers, one was uh, defending the three, and one was just getting consistent effort from guys. And I thought that they turned a corner on on some of those. Um, but that all three kind of reared their ugly heads again. So I hope this was this week was a chance to really kind of refocus, uh, get back where you need to be mentally, and and address some issues. And like I said, I mean, you you've got a t- one of the toughest games coming up here, so it's 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 going to be tough. But I hope this week was good for this team to kind of to center themselves again and get back on track because they were playing really good basketball for a long stretch there and. And last week was it was not a good week for them. We had Dallin Hall on earlier, and he talked about maybe being a little more aggressive with the ball offensively to help prevent some of those turnovers. You you played at BYU for a long time. You had a good career. What do you think BYU as a team can do to keep those turnovers low? Because it, it it's been an issue all year, as you said. Yeah, well, one is just kind of a mindset, right? I mean, to really value the basketball and. Uh, I know that seems it's easier said than done, but, you know, in practice, everything you do, value the basketball. And, you know, if, in my view, if you turn it over, you you should be running ladders or something. I mean, really have consequences in every day, every day for that. And not just in the game, um, but, you know, really have a culture of valuing the basketball. And that's, you know, that's hard to do, but, but, you know, there's, there's some specific things that you can do when you're and particularly a point guard is, I think Dallin tends to hurry himself up a little bit, um, and, and you know a lot of the team is guilty of that. But you know, it, it, there's a fine line between aggression and being out of control. And I think sometimes Dallin is thinking two or three 
play passes ahead or things ahead when he gets in the paint. And problem is the guy he's passing it to is, is not thinking that. And sometimes he gets ahead of himself or he leaves his feet or he's trying to make a pass that, that's one, one of my main rules is don't make a hard pass when an easy pass will do just fine. You know, I mean, it, if you make the hard pass and it works, it's a highlight, but if you can get a bucket by making the easy pass and it still counts for two points and you can do that four out of five times instead of one out of five, that's what you need to do. And so just really try and take a deep breath. The whole team kind of just needs to take a deep breath, uh, particularly early in the game when there's a lot going on. Just run your stuff. You know, you get in the paint, get you jump two, two feet, gather yourself, assess the situation, find the right play rather than kind of I'm just going to go take it to the hoop and see what happens type mindset is, is where they get in trouble. And, uh, they, you know, it, it's hard to just snap your fingers and have that be fixed, but just really focusing on valuing the basketball, slowing your offense down, making the right plays, making the safe pass rather than the aggressive pass, I think can go a long way. And BYU's shown that they can play like that. And so don't let yourself get sped up. Don't let the moment you know, overcome you and, and just take a deep breath and, and slow it down and run your stuff. Few more moments here with Mark Durant. He'll be on the call tonight for BYU and St. Mary's with Greg Rubel. We were looking at your stats before before the show. I had no idea oh, no. you. I had no idea you played more minutes your freshman year before your mission. Then you go on the mission. Then you come back and play less minutes. Reason I ask this is, Dallin Hall. You know, a lot of minutes played off the mission. What do you remember about coming off that mission, and and how difficult was that as a player to kind of get back to your old self? Well, I don't want to discourage anybody from not going on a mission because that's the greatest thing in the world. But it hurt my basketball game. It really did. Uh, and I'd, I'd gladly trade my basketball game any any second for that, that experience. But it, the point is it's very difficult to get back. I think they're smarter now than when I did it. Uh, I think the Hawses really kind of figured out a good formula for how to get back and not try and do too much and avoid injury and kind of ease yourself back into it and – and so I think guys can can really perform at a high level when they come back off their mission if they do it the right way. I think Dallin's done it the right way. I mean, there's just no – you just can't go away for two years and not have kind of a basketball rust about you. It's not even physical, but it's just more – you know, you play every day your whole life. It's just it's, – everything's natural and everything you, – you just know how to do everything. But when you're gone for two years, you, you just – you get a little bit rusty in, in that. And so it takes a while to kind of shake that off. I think Dallin's done a great job. I think he's been terrific this year. I mean, I mentioned the turnovers, but listen, for him to do what he's done coming off a mission as a freshman, playing his first games at that level, and he's made a couple winning shots, and he's his three-pointers really coming along now, it's it's all going to come back. And, and unlike me, he'll be better and better and better <laughs> after his mission and, and will be, I think, one of the all-time greats at BYU and will be very important in going into the Big 12 uh, as a point guard and leading the team. And, you know, he'll be critical to BYU's success. I, I think the world of Dallin, and, you know, when I nitpick a, a guy like that, it's just because I know how good he is. and. Yeah and I know you know where he can go with his game. Two more things for you, then we'll let you go. We'll get you back, uh, hopefully jamming to Van Halen or some some, uh, some rock music in your drive <laughs> down to Provo. What, do, you, do you listen to tunes on the way, on, on your road trips? Yeah, yeah, I listen to tunes, and 
I, I you know, I, I uh, listen to some podcasts and things, so it's all good. I, I don't mind a little road trip. Yeah, me neither. Okay, so on, on Twitter uh, recently, you made the prediction BYU is going to win tonight, 71-66. What makes you feel good about picking the Cougs tonight? Well, uh, as a caveat, I've never in my life picked BYU to lose, uh, and so there's that. <laughs> but, listen, you know, BYU is in kind of a similar spot that they were, again, you know, in December when they dropped South Dakota, they dropped the UVU at home, and they had to face Creighton on a Saturday night after a week. And, uh, and you know, Creighton was a top-20 team, a really solid team, and no one gave BYU a chance in that one. And they played one of their best games and, and beat that team and went on a nice little win streak, beat Utah. And, and you know, in the, in the, the, the best teams that they've played, whether it's San Diego State or Creighton or Utah or Gonzaga at home, they've played really good. They've really raised their game. And I know they didn't win all those games, but they were in the games, led in those games, and I think at home, uh, after having to sit on two losses for a week, and that is a miserable, miserable time as a player of having lost a game and then not being able to play for a week. I think they're just going to be ready to go with that crowd behind them. And I just don't think St. Mary's, as good as they are, has faced anything like that environment, which can shock the system. And so we'll see. I mean, I think BYU will give St. Mary's everything they can, and uh, who knows? Maybe they'll come out with a victory. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a fun atmosphere. Should uh, you know, there's not going to be a lot of these left with with the the remaining schedule. St. Mary's is the biggest name left, and I'm hoping the Mary Center's rocking tonight, Mark. Yeah, come, come on out, come on out. It's going to be a fun uh, experience, and the cool thing is. You know, you talk a lot about next year and all those things, but, you know, the Gonzagas and the St. Mary's, it's going to be like that every night in the Merritt Center. It's going to be really special. But, man, I, it's St. Mary's has been a great rival. Come on out. Support the Cougars. Can't wait. And if you can't, support Mark and Greg on the call tonight, 8 p.m. tip. Mark, uh, always a pleasure. Have a safe drive down. and can't wait to hear you tonight. Hey, I appreciate it. Anytime, guys. You're the best, and uh, have a great show. All right. There's Mark Durant wishing him safe travels. We'll take the break. Uh, More Cougar Sports Saturday on the other side. We keep breaking down the Cougars and the Gales. Big matchup tonight with ranked St. Mary's coming to town. Back after this. Welcome back in. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Matt Biamonte and producer Nate Slack. No Mitch Harper today. He's on the road, coming home from five fun but grueling days at Disneyland. I hope that he uh, was able to scoop up some of that Splash Mountain water, put it on eBay, maybe pay for the trip. <laughs> Splash Mountain, you see that it's uh, it's looks like it's closing in California in May. Oh, in May. Yeah, so it's closed in Disney World, and... I joke about the bottle. Seriously, though, people before it closed in Florida were scooping up water and selling it. And I've seen it listed as high as like 10K. I don't know who would pay. Capitalism, baby. Gotta love it. (laughs) So if you want to try and uh, get rich quick, maybe head on down to Anaheim and uh, snatch some of that Splash Mountain water. You know what's also kind of remarkable about Disney? There's a lot of. There's a lot of good and a lot of bad. We don't need to get into all of it. 
But it is kind of amazing how quickly one day rides open, next day ride is getting refurbished, and like it's amazing how between those days the walls are up and you can't see a thing. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. I got to tell you a quick story. So been, I've been doing Cougar Sports Saturday for four years. It's been great. I do have another job, and I've been at that job for. I think over six years now, man, might be going on seven actually. Anyways, I wasn't super qualified for this job when I got it, but when I got the job, the person who would be my boss is someone that I had worked with years earlier at a job before I went on my uh, church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints mission. And it was just kind of interesting how like you hear about the so much like networking connections that certainly played a role in me ending up where I am today, and even here at Cougar Sports Saturday. So I was a Greg Rubel intern. You were a Greg Rubel intern. I was the first Greg Rubel intern in the independent era. That was my first year. And later that year, what show started? This show, Cougar Sports Saturday. Mm. I was a producer for Greg Rubel and KSL when they got the original Cougar Sports Saturday off the ground. And lo and behold, who was one of the first hosts of Cougar Sports Saturday? Alex Curie. Uh, I had formed a connection with Alex Carey from being a producer, and then Robbie Bullo leaves the show many years ago. Alex Carey was here. He interviews me. I join him. Then Mitch joins later on. So really, in, in throughout my entire career, connections have played a huge role. And being able to have people advocate for you in job interviews, it, it's no wonder why like LinkedIn and connections and all that stuff are so critical for people to finding like good jobs and, and being able to do what they want to do. Like I, I'm not talking to you right now over the air. If I don't get that producer uh, internship with Greg Rubel over a decade ago, it's crazy. Reason I bring this up is something interesting happened this week in the NFL. Zach Wilson has been getting just killed. There was the athletic piece where he was, and that was kind of a slam piece that kind of bothered me yeah. where it was like, he's not coming to meetings. It's blah, blah, like. A lot of it was incorrect. Like anytime you have the beat writers coming out in defense of a guy that plays that poorly, it goes to show you how how inaccurate the story was. But it doesn't matter because that's that story is fueling a narrative. The narrative that Zach Wilson's no good, the teammates don't like him, he's not putting in the work. It doesn't matter if that's true or not. That's becoming the narrative. And then this week was the first time, Nate, that someone had something good to say about Zach Wilson, and that was Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, he's won MVP multiple times. He's a Super Bowl winner. He may be on the move. He might be Zach Wilson's mentor here in a little bit in New York. Who knows? But on the Pat McAfee show, he was asked about Zach Wilson and what's happening in New York. And, you know, he said that a little humility is not not a problem. Uh, you know, at one point, Zach had called him in the offseason, and he said, get out of the building. You're working too much. Like, kind of refuting the fact that Zach, like, didn't put in the work. And then at the very end of that interview, you can go listen to this on YouTube, by the way, but he says that Zach is super talented and he can have a long career if he gets the right coaching. That was really encouraging to have someone that is respected in the NFL come to the defense and give an endorsement of Zach Wilson's work ethic and his, and his ability. What did you think when you, when you heard that commentary for Aaron Rodgers? I think that's just exactly what Zach has been missing. I think if, if, Rodgers is able to come into New York this offseason and kind of show Zach how to do things. 
that's what Zach needs. He hasn't had that veteran leader in the locker room to show him, hey, this is how you do things in the NFL. He's had Joe Flacco, but at the end of the day, Joe Flacco is the third-string quarterback on the team, and he's not exactly the veteran leader you want for Zach to have. And Mitch touched on this last week during the show, but Zach did always have that kind of cockiness at BYU, and I think that was needed at that time. Just kind of brought that swagger that the entire team had. And I think he's tried to bring that into the NFL as well. He hasn't had the same success, and that's what's really hurt him. That and some maybe poor answers to the media in post games. But I think bringing in a guy like Aaron Rodgers and even just having Aaron Rodgers as a mentor off the field to kind of say, hey, you know, maybe focus more on humility and focus more on the fundamentals, I think can go a really long ways. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, we got to get to a break in a minute. I will say this, though. Did you see Robert Sala, Jets head coach, was asked earlier this week, uh, could Zach Wilson be in a quarterback battle with a veteran? And he kind of laughed at the question. And I'm like, okay, he's got to go. Like, if the coach is, is going to be acting this way in the offseason, it doesn't out. matter who they bring in. They're over Zach Wilson. He needs to move. I maybe demand a trade. I don't know. It's, it's the support is not there uh, for Zach Wilson in the New York Jets. I was really disappointed by that by his head coach Robert mm-hmm. Sala. On the other side, the top five a little different with Mitch out, but we're going to break down the top five favorite moments from you and me in the rivalry between the Gales and the Cougars. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 11:60 AM. That's right. It's Cougars Sports Saturday. Halfway through the show. It's been a great show so far. We've had Dallin Hall and we've had Mark Durant previewing BYU and St. Mary's. After this, we'll have Riley Nelson to talk about why he is stepping away from the color commentator analyst role on BYU football broadcasts. And then after that, we'll have Amber Whiting, uh, the first-year head coach for women's basketball, so we're just going to keep cranking it out for the next 90 minutes here on Cougar Sports Saturday. Good stuff. But at this time, each and every week, we do the same thing. Even when Mitch Harper is on the road, probably in Cedar City, we do it anyways. Without Mitch, though, we're still going to do it. The Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5. Mitch and Matt clash in a weekly battle of BYU sports knowledge. Here's the Top 5. It's the Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5, fresh with some new imaging. I kinda, You know, the beat is growing on me. You get so set in your ways with what you've heard for so long that when you hear new things, it kind of trips you up a little bit. But that, that, I love it. that beat, great. that was a nice beat. All right, so Mitch is out, so there's not going to be the the competition element here. And, and for those who have never heard, typically what happens is Our producer, Nate, would come up with some list. Me and Mitch will compete back and forth. Who can get the right answers? It's hard to do when uh, one of the hosts is not here. So we're going to take the competitive spirit away, but we are going to have a top five. And the top five is centered around 
the matchup tonight, St. Mary's and BYU, tip-off at 8 p.m. You can hear it right here on KSL News Radio. If you can't get tickets and there's still some available in the cheap nosebleeds upper deck. But you're there. I think it's worth going. I think it's going to be a good vibe tonight. I would go if you could. But if you can't, you can hear the game. It's been a the game has had so many interesting storylines throughout the year. So we're each going to give our own individual top five favorite moments of BYU and St. Mary's as members of the WCC. And maybe before we'll have to see. But I'll start things off. Number five. I liked last year. I thought it was last year BYU basketball. Uh, there was some talent that didn't return, and I think it lowered the expectations. And I think a lot of people in the media did not pick BYU to be to have a better year than St. Mary's, but BYU beat them twice last year. And I I went to the game at home. Was it a boring game? Yeah, like that's not a game I'm going to put on and show my kids. But I remember being stoked about that game because it was Tommy Cousy and St. Mary's. Like I think they were favored to win that game. And Alex Barcelo and a young BYU team with Fouche Traore, they held St. Mary's to 42 points at home, and then they went on the road and beat them. So BYU swept them last year. That's my number five. Yeah, my number five. Going a little bit earlier, it's actually the first matchup. So it's back in, or not the first matchup overall, but the first one of kind of this new era of the rivalry. This was the final year of the Mountain West Conference. BYU beat St. Mary's by one in a multi-team event. Uh, BYU is down by... Down by one in the final seconds. Jimmer Fredette hits his first three of the night with 11 seconds to go to put BYU up by two. Ended up pulling out the one by one. But that was that was a game that kind of got things rolling because if BYU loses that game, I feel like a lot of that momentum is gone. There was a, there was a pretty lengthy win streak. They had a loss to UCLA in there before their matchup against San Diego State that we talked about earlier in the show. But that game, uh, that was a lot of fun. I, th- I feel like people really sleep on that game. Just a late, a late clutch shot by Jimmer Fredette that clinched the win. Nice. Okay, my number four. It's a loss, actually. Um, <laughs> for those of you who know me, oh, I do man. like to wallow in self pity, go into YouTube and watch some of these heartbreaking losses. That Delavadoga dagger game back in 2012, 2013. That was a great game, and I think the reason I put it in the top five is not because of St. Mary's buzzer beater, but because of the basket beforehand, which I think would have gone down as one of the great BYU game-winning shots, but it gets erased because of the Delavadova dagger. Tyler Hawes hits this ridiculous mid-range J in the middle of the paint. He like jumps off his right foot. He's like awkwardly in air, floating from right to left, throws it up, Nothing but the bottom of the net. It was a beautiful shot. And I can remember in that moment being in the in the Merritt Center, jumping up and down, screaming. It was crazy. And then before you, you're like, mid-celebration, you're like, this is awesome. And then next thing you know, you're like, what just happened? What just happened? Devil Doger makes that shot. St. Mary's wins. But that Tyler Hawes shot was phenomenal. And that was a great game. Like, that, that's one of the most memorable games in the rivalry. It really was. That was a fun game. My number four is Senior Day in 2021. There were zero fans in attendance. I'm not even sure if you were there in attendance. I think the media was still not, not allowed to be Not there. at that one. You're right. I was there. I was on the court behind a table, manning <laughs> some stuff, and it was it was it was a really weird feeling to be in a stadium where there were zero fans. Mitch kind of talked about that when he was at the Navy game in football in 2020. But I was there with no fans at a basketball game. 
BYU came away with a dominant 14-point win. They shot 67% from the floor in the second half, 83% from three, but just cruised to a nice, easy win. That's my number four. All right, number three for me. Let's pick up the pace because we want to hear from Riley Nelson on the other side. Number three for me is 2018 when Yoli and Elijah Bryant went off in the WCC tournament. They went on to lose to Gonzaga, but they scored over 60 points, Yoli and Elijah. They just dominated St. Mary's in the tournament. That was an impressive performance from those two and uh, top three for me in, in the series. Top three, uh, number three for me is TJ Haas dunk to send the game to overtime in Moraga in 2020. This was also a game that they lost, so kind of like your Della Vadova dagger. But TJ Haas throws on a dunk with uh, just about seven seconds left to tie it up and send it to overtime. That's my number three. We have the same number two and number one. Uh, you want to reveal number two? Yeah, my number two, I guess our number two, Eric Mika uh, with a choking sign after BYU pulls out a three-point win at St. Mary's <laughs> in uh, 2014. Legendary. That, that was a game I was on my mission. It was one of the first ones I got. I watched when I got back from my mission. And, yeah, seeing BYU pull it out late and then seeing Eric Mika hold up the choke sign and uh, show that to the, the St. Mary's students Legendary. Can I just say honorable mention to T.J. Haas when he was caught on camera with the shut the bleep up. I'll just throw that out there. That that was, I think a lot of BYU fans maybe didn't endorse the message, but sort of felt that way. You like uh, the aggression. Uh, Number one for both of us, uh, T.J. Haas in 2019 hits the three off the high pick and roll. He, I think he has a kid like the next day. Yeah. And his first kid, and they go on to, to win that game. That was electric. That was awesome to see. He had a couple game winners that year. But that one against St. Mary's was, I think it really propelled them to go in this great run that they never got to finish because they didn't go to the tournament because of the pandemic. But if they don't beat St. Mary's, I don't know. Do they have that confidence to beat Gonzaga later in the year at home? I don't know. But uh, that TJ that, that House 3 was nice. Absolutely. And then finishing it off, uh, you had... Yoli and Zach Stelius combining for a stop on the other end. Yoli got way up to distract a shot, and then Zach got a, a block shot at the buzzer. And just that whole sequence was a lot of fun. It was beautiful. All right, we're going to take a break here because we want to get to Riley Nelson, the uh, former color commentator for BYU Radio Football. He'll join us next. Back after this. Welcome back in to Cougars Sports Saturday. Let's not waste any time and get out to the phone line and bring in our next guest. He is a former BYU quarterback, and uh, he was the broadcaster, color commentator for BYU football on the radio airwaves. He is Riley Nelson. Riley, thanks for spending some time with us, man. We appreciate it. Glad to be with you. You got me realizing I'm adding too many formers into my uh, bio and intro. <laughs> so, hey, I... Yeah, the, the, uh, the the player one I didn't have anything to do with because you're at years of eligibility or True. set. But man, I gotta I gotta stick with some of this stuff a little bit longer. Hey, maybe I think the formers are just uh, it's a good thing. It it shows all the great things you've accomplished and done in your life. So the more formers, the more well rounded you are, Riley. Yeah, no, hey, I'll take it, or at least the experiences I've been able to get. Of which, um, being the the radio analyst for the last four years has been one of the most cherished experiences. Really. Um, really proud to have done that. Really sad that kind of life circumstances are, are making it so I got to step away. But 
boy, what a four years it was. How difficult was it to to make that decision? That's such a, I mean, so many people love that job and want that job. I imagine it was hard. Yeah, I mean, ex- extremely difficult. And this is, uh, I, I got to admit, it's probably really confusing for listeners out there. It's even confusing for me, and I'm the one sitting in the middle of the situation, right? right? Yep. Like it's uh it was it it was my decision, and uh, but I'm still like conflicted and kind of frustrated and sad and all that stuff. But look, I I said in my tweet like, as happens to all of us in life, like life just puts you up against moments where you have to choose certain things over over another. And with just just the basics for me, which is family, profession, and and church, um, those have got my. Those got my plate pretty darn full to the point where um, they were all kind of equally suffering, and and one of them had to go. Suffering is not a right word, but I wasn't able to dedicate what I would like to to all of them. Some yep. had to go, and unfortunately, it was a voluntary gig uh, like this for the color. What were some of your favorite memories being on the broadcast? Maybe games or, or moments within games, or, or even venues you visited. Yeah, t- Tennessee stands out. Like as people have asked me about this, it was. One of my first broadcasts, my first away broadcast, and I, you know, one of the funny things is uh, when Jake Older had made the kick at the end of regulation. I, <laughs> while the ball was in the air, I was like, "Oh, money!" And then Greg was like, "Hey, uh, let's just wait. Kickoffs can have funky angles, and you never know, and it can really confuse our listeners. So let's just wait for the arms to go up and the referees <laughs> underneath the uprights." And I was like, uh, it, it, "It was funny." I said, "Okay, Greg," but in my mind, I was like, "Man, he planted good." came off his foot great and from my vantage point i thought he split it anyway when i saw the video that thing like snuck inside the right upright by like a foot so it gusts the wind and that thing's wide right and i look like a doofus but um i mean <laughs> that, that that was memorable the two games we got to call in raiders stadium usc game in lavelle Edwards stadium was a big one um beating utah was a huge one being able to call that and you know breaking the drought breaking the streak was a huge one. So uh, those are just a few off the top. But really, uh, honestly, every game was memorable because of different circumstances. Getting to go out to Lynchburg, Virginia, and I don't even remember where Georgia Southern was, but seeing the reach and the depth of how college football truly penetrates every region and and towns big and small in in the United States of America, and it's uh, obviously football is king and college football King uh, amongst the ranks of football, and uh, so while every game was memorable, there's a few off the top. Riley, take us behind the scenes. Like, what was not the most difficult, but what was something that surprised you that maybe you didn't expect going into that role? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, one of it has to do with uh, my broadcast partner Greg. I'll share a little bit of insight for the for the listeners out there. Like Greg is is the consummate professional, and he prepares so diligently. And like going into my first couple, of, my first game was a game against Utah. It was the year after we had lost in Rice Cycle Stadium, giving up the twenty to seven lead in the fourth quarter, and we come out and uh, Zach gets uh, he's being ankle tackled and he tries to throw it to the check down and Francis Bernard steps in front of it for a pick six early on in the game. Um, so what surprised me was like Greg is a fan like the rest of us. Like he was constantly on, on air, you know, he called it and did that, but we go to commercial and like, he's mad. Just like I would be in my own living room or like any of us would be in our own living room. Like, man, are we really going to do this again? Are we going to fumble this away? Which I didn't expect. I expect, man, how many thousands of games has he called and been a part of? Like, this is probably old hat for this guy, but he carries that passion, that, that fandom, 
that enthusiasm in, in, into every game, which to me makes it all the more impressive he's able to be the excellent play-by-play and the consummate broadcast professional while still having all of that inside him, inside of him like the rest of us. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because that's always my first thought. So I interned with Gregor Bell. I was I was there that season, your very first season. Uh, Mitch or Matt also interned for Gregor Bell back in 2011, but now we're both out of the broadcast booth with Greg. You're gonna you're about to do the same. What what do you feel you're gonna miss most about being able to travel and and spend time kind of working with the team, but yep. you're not with the team? What, what what are you gonna miss most about that experience? Yeah, if, I, if I'm being honest, um, I mean, aside from the camaraderie, I, well, here, here, I'll just get these out of the way. Pre-game meals at Outback Steakhouse. Anywhere there's an Outback Steakhouse, that's where pre-game meal is, so don't even ask, right? <laughs> and uh, so sharing that with Greg and Mitch and whoever else wants to come along. Pre-game rides to the stadium where we've got our call ch- chart, and I'm quizzing Greg on the two deep of the of the other team and and, and going through and nailing that in. Um but more as it relates to the program, I, I really feel like, and of course, here's here's the magic of Kalani Sitake and why I'm so excited he's at the helm, and I hope he's at the helm for as long as he wants to be at BYU. Is it, Look, it's only two segments. You know, most of the time the interview is 10 minutes max uh, with coach in, in every post game, But, like, getting to spend those moments with coach post game, whether he's able to come up to the booth with us during home games or we're interviewing, he's down on the field with Mitch, and we're just interviewing him, but even both in the interview and then the few, you know, the back and forth we get to have during commercial breaks and things like that. I, I really felt like I developed a, an even closer friendship and relationship with Kalani Sitake. And I'm not, I, you know, not being, not having that inside access, not being in that role, that, that's going to be harder to come by. He's a man that's in high demand. And now here's the magic of him. He, he'll give anybody, any and everybody, you know, the, the time that they deserve. But I just know I, I'm not going to be, in his proximity like I did. But so aside from the camaraderie with my broadcast partners and crew, the thing, uh, one of the other things other than of course, the actual gameplay, which I'm not going to be missing that. I'm just going from the booth to the stands, but probably the thing about the role that I'm, I'll miss the most are, are, is the Cougar coaches show Cougar post game coaches show and getting to spend uh, those minutes every week with Kalani and listen to his thoughts and get a feel for the man that he is talk ball with him. Right. And all those things. Riley Nelson's our guest for a few more moments here in Cougar Sports Saturday. He's been kind to uh, talk to us about his time as the radio analyst uh, with Greg Rubel on BOU Football Broadcast. i got to ask you specifically, what was it like up in Boise a few months ago when Greg Rubel's voice is, is failing him? And you're, you, I'm sure you got a sense at some point, like, I'm going to have to carry this postgame. So, like, what was that like from your vantage point? Yeah, I mean, like I've always said, heavy as the heavy as the head, because people are like, "Hey, you know, Greg's been doing this for forever. He's got to retire." Sometimes you're younger than him. Maybe you slide over a chair, and I'm like, "No, no, no, <laughs> I don't want that job. My job's easy. First of all, eighty percent of it's done because I played my whole life growing up, and and I built up that knowledge over time. And then the other twenty percent is pretty easy nowadays, because you know the team gave me an iPad. I get practice film loaded up. I get their scouting reports. I get their I get the opponent film and I get, and I do my studying uh, on that. And then the rest of it is reacting to fans and live gameplay and things like that. So my, you know, my job and my prep during the week was two to four hours, maybe. Right. But Greg's is, is, uh, is increasingly more than that. So my biggest thing was just, well, and here's the other thing too. It's like, 
and and thank you to all of our sponsors and you guys know this you know because because you're in the world like your sponsors are the life but ultimately it's the fans because the sponsors the sponsors want access to the fans and the audience yep. but like your sponsors pay your salary so you don't want to mess up their reads you don't want to mess up their ad you don't want to miss you know a sponsored by xyz company and and so it was a little bit nerve-wracking but greg to his credit of course sitting there with the stickies was passing them to me exactly what i had to say because he had it memorized like the back of his hand making sure i didn't miss any read-ins making sure i didn't miss any readouts making sure i hit all the sponsors and then the rest of it you kind of just are like all right i've been doing this with greg for 30 plus games i should be able to let some some of that muscle memory take over and and thank goodness that that it did and we survived well, Riley, uh, I think I speak for all BYU fans that uh, we'll we'll miss you on the calls. We loved your analysis, we loved your insight, but uh, we wish you the best, and hopefully, you'll join us down the road breaking down some Big Twelve football, man. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Couldn't be more excited for the Big Twelve, and now the broadcast, like I said, moved from the booth to the fans. So I apologize in advance to whoever sits around me and my family <laughs> and has to hear has to hear my stuff because I'm not I'm not going to be quite as buttoned up as I am on air. I don't have to share it with I don't have to share it with Greg and I don't have to worry about reflecting poorly on the sponsors. So it's actually a uh, great but, feeling, Riley, to let just to let out the natural fan from time to time. For sure. So so I, I apologize in advance, but just I'll say just enjoy the entertainment because it, as people even on the broadcast, I couldn't help myself, and it's even worse when I don't have a headset on. So. Go Cougs, and thanks for having me on today. Hey, th- thanks, Riley, for the time. We know we know it's precious. Uh, ha- have a great weekend. We'll, we'll catch up during football season. You bet. All right, that's Riley Nelson. Uh, appreciate his time. we got to take a break. News, traffic, and weather on the other side. Then Amber Whiting, the women's basketball coach, she joins us next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives the realities of grief and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.